Good afternoon and you're welcome along to Local Media This Week, the programme where we talk about what's in the papers and uh, sometimes online, but all matters concerning uh, County Clare and we generally look at Clare Echo, the Clare Champion, and online with the Clare Herald. Now, um, a little bit like, you know, uh, was it uh, Paul without John and Yoko without the Beatles? I'm afraid the band is uh, sort of uh, split up this week and... (laughs) There's not too much of it left. So the, the sub is uh, in sort of trying to keep control of the, the two stalwarts that are here. So uh, I have Pat O'Brien and David Fleming. Uh, so it's a, a threesome this evening where uh, we, we'll be trying to sort of police you along and see how things go. So, uh, gentlemen, a very good afternoon good to afternoon you. Good afternoon to you, Luke. So. Yeah, no right. Now, listen, we spoke last week in relation to um, the Clare 250 and the Cancer Centre. And, David, I think you alluded to the fact that there was obviously a little bit more to this than meets the eye. And Dan Danaher has on page one and page two in the Champion, uh, I suppose you'd say a follow-up article, and it's regulator called in to Cancer Centre. Yeah, and I suppose that was inevitable. We were we were thinking that might happen last week, and sure enough, um, the regulator has been asked by to address a number of complaints. We the champion understands that five people, two of whom are themselves cancer patients, have written to the charity regular e- expressing transparency and governance concerns about the Clare 250 Cancer Centre CLG. So um, <clears throat> the, the regulator is, that, is a state body, a legislative body, um, statutory body, to regulate all charities. And it was set up in the wake of, people might remember, the, the controversies around rehab and goal and a few other high-profile charities um, and they have a lot of power. They have the power to close you down if uh, and, and the power, I think, possibly even to fine, um, but certainly to sort things out. Um, so the company, Dan Danaher relates there what the company says they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, um, there's a bit more meat on page two. David, there is a bit more meat. Yeah, there is. And uh, the, 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 the last week, uh, the champion revealed the total from proceeds of the annual Clare 250 cycle from 1995 to 27 was 4.2 million. And the proceeds from this cycle were used to fund annual trips to Lourdes for cancer patients and to fund the development of Clare 250 Cancer Care Centre. And it goes on and talks about um, what what other costs um, and sums were spent on um, and how they were trying to account. There's an awful lot of figures in there which we won't bore the readers with. I mean... Uh, a lot of that article is to do with figures. and But th- that, unfortunately, is what the regulator is trying to investigate now, how, how, the, how the charity was regulated and is it doing what it's set up to do? Because one of the accusations made or one of the allegations made by some of the complainants was that it's not that the centre is not open every day. And, yeah. uh, and, that, to, and that was denied by the cancer centre in the 250 Cancer Centre. So we don't know actually what's what. And I suppose I suppose once the charity regulator does its report, then we'll know. Yeah, like we said, the tail end of the article there, Dan has, um, there's a question in relation to why Rowan cancer patient Lorraine White has been blocked from Clare 250 Cancer Centre social media platforms. The Board of Trustees replied, uh, Miss White has continually stated that the centre has, quote, never been open to close for COVID. Uh, which is completely false and then apparently there's a social media post in relation to it and like you could it's there for everyone to read but you know as we allude to last week this is just sad Mm. Okay, because it, the as I said, David, the cycle was probably before you, your your time in East Clare, but all of us here in East Clare. Yeah, but but for such a great cause, yeah. and I have no doubt that great work has been done. Yeah. But unfortunately, there are issues. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um, there's, there's another article there. Look on page four. Uh, letters provoke anger and concern uh, in cancer patients. Three uh, clear cancer patients were recently included in a in a clear um, in the in the clear champion. 
Chair Champion for that with statement made about the, the Clare 250 Cancer Centre has received an anonymous letter containing a prayer card. All the letters are addressed with the person, person's name, care of the Clare 250 Cancer Centre. Benny Griffey, County Clare. There was nothing included in the letters that would suggest the centre is connected with the Clare 250 Cancer Centre. They include care with the following prayer. O Holy Spirit, please help and guide me. Say this prayer three times plus per day. Uh, Lorraine, Lorraine White, who, and who is a breast cancer survivor, expressed her surprise with receiving this letter and wondered why the sender hadn't provided their own name and address. So there's a lot of uh, stuff ah, going yeah. on. That, that's, yeah, that, well, that's getting dirty, like, you know, is, you know yeah. and, and uh, you there's know. There's a photograph there of Lorraine with these letters which are addressed to her at the cancer centre, so... Um, yeah. They were they were sent to the centre, which she has made a complaint about. Yeah, it's yeah. all it's all as you say, Luke. Very sad when all of that sort of because they they were obviously doing good work and they probably yeah. still are doing good work. But sometimes a long charity like that mm-hmm. can you know they can they can divert and they can yeah. they, that that initial energy might lessen over the years yeah maybe. and I said uh, even that the, the the fundraising there and the, and the cycle race the cycle race was two days you know they don't all these care one day um, and then Overnight in the Casey, yeah. And then they do West Clare. And well, sure, I suppose the, the line, the, the, the 250 was 250 uh, miles, you know. Yeah, so, uh, you know, so it, it, it was a, a big trek around uh, the country in the last couple of years. Uh, it has and maybe faded down to into one year, one day, yeah. one day a race, you know, and yeah. one day cycle, yeah. 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 Okay, it, it is disappointing, but listen, I'm sure there, there'll be more to come mm, on, yeah, on, on it in, yeah. in, in the future. Now, we're going to move on and um. The main headline on the Clare Echo this week uh, is an article by Park McMahon and uh, Pat, I'm going to let you discuss this one now. It's at rampant STI level spark public appeal. Record levels of chlamydia are likely to be recorded in the Midwest region by the end of 2023. Yeah, Park has a leading article in the Clare Echo. Uh, officials with public health HSE Midwest are recorded on Unprecedented. Unprecedented levels of chlamydia and gonorrhea in this year. Members of the public and clear are being urged to protect their sexual health and to avail of testing due to unprecedented levels of chlamydia. Is it because we have a matchmaking festival and it was so <laughs> successful this year? Is that one of the reasons it's gone up? Well, <laughs> it, it might contribute to it and uh, I suppose we'll, we'll, be, talk- help out we'll, we'll be talking well, about the French equivalent uh, la- later yeah. on. But could, uh, could it also be a sort of a legacy of COVID that everybody was so stuck inside... <laughs> Is, and is, is and it, they got a burst of energy. Is it a bit like Valentine's Day has gone year round, maybe, yeah. or something, something like that? But of course, yeah. it, it is. Uh, we're we're jesting here, but of course, it's a very serious thing. In 2022, it says here, Public Health HSE Midwest, which I suppose is this region, recorded the highest number of both chlamydia cases, 798. Now that is high, and gonorrhea, 188. So not as. Not a, not as um, yeah. high as that in the past ten years. Ah, it's in the past ten years. Uh, the, so year to date in twenty three, there have been six hundred and six. Year to date in twenty twenty three, there have been. Wait for it. Six hundred sixty four cases of chlamydia. So in ten years, we had seven hundred ninety eight cases, and just this year alone, we seem to have six six four of chlamydia and two hundred seventy four. Cases of gonorrhea. So eight months, eight months of the year, and yeah. that's only eight months of the year. So no wonder they're kind of worried about it. Yeah. Now I, I will have to sort of give the 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 copy people on the uh, echo a bit of a slap because it says the full story is on page twelve and thirteen, but it's not. It's actually on page seventeen. Oh, controversial. Uh, uh, so in uh, the article there, it's record levels of STI in, in the Midwest. And I suppose it just goes through the stats and, and bits and pieces like that. So, yeah. Now, I know there there are initiatives that are being uh, taken place, you, you know, we'll say, especially this time of year now at colleges and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And, you know, there is, it, there's free contraception, I think, being there uh, is in ro- the universities ro- 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 rolled out. But it says here, Luke, that people can avail a free home testing via www.sh24.ie. 
Um, SH24 testing has accounted for nearly 40% of all positive chlamydia cases in the Midwest so far this year. So obviously people are using that service. Yeah. And of course, it is a sensitive thing uh, for certain people um, and they mightn't want to go to their local GP, but um, for whatever reason. But so th- this is another option now for them. Uh, www.sh24.ie and you presumably receive the test in the post and you send it back. Um, so that's that's one way of trying to yeah, I, I, assist and, the situation. Yeah, I suppose uh, we're just going to turn the page to page 19 in the echo there. And uh, Mental Health Week uh, is coming up. Uh, World Mental, Mental Health Day is Tuesday, October 10th. And there's a load of uh, different uh, talks and stuff like that that are going on, I suppose. You know, bearing in mind the way that things are gone now, if somebody is having trouble with sort of, you know, a few of those uh, conditions that we've alluded to, maybe, you know, their, their mental health might be affected. Mm. So, and in a totally unrelated um, uh, issue to what we were talking about there on page 18, David Dyess launches Vocations Initiative. Well, it is. Uh, yes, they seem to be. And you'll notice in the, in the Clare Champion, there is a big, it's quite a sizable ad uh, for this effort being made by the Diocese of uh, Killaloo. It's on page 11 of the, um, of champion. the champion. And uh, so, so this is, it, it, it appears to me, Luke and Pat, that the Catholic Church are have leaped from the 19th century straight into the 21st century by taking this particular approach towards vocations. We all know that vocations have been decline, declining, have declined s- drastically in the country since the 1980s, and um, and it has been continually going down. Um, so this is an effort, uh, I think, by the diocese uh, to to encourage young men. Of course, the Catholic Church doesn't recruit women into the priesthood, so mm. I think they're they're left out. I said we, we, we could have that debate could go on for years, David. <laughs> could, but I, but I think indeed. I think I, I, I think now <laughs> we could all agree that if there were more women involved, that um, they might get more men. They might, you know. But so uh, it says here anyway, with just over half of the fifty-eight parishes in the diocese currently served by a resident resident priest, so half of fifty-eight. Is whatever it is. It's nearly near twenty nine. Yeah. So only twenty nine parishes have a resident priest. Vocations director Father Iggy McCormick, who is pictured there in the Echo with a seminarian Mark Nestor from Ennis, who's a seminarian in Maynooth. Um, Father Iggy McCormick, who's at St Flannan's, says there is hope. The three vocations recorded in the diocese during the past twelve months can be built on during the year for vocations to the diocesan priesthood. Geographically, we are the third largest diocese in the country and is it, and it is, that's a bit grammatically incorrect there, has become, it has, I'd say, has become increasingly difficult to maintain full cover across the five counties due to retirements and a lower number of vocations. So, um, I, Pat, I understand that they have hired a consultancy company to do this campaign for them. Yeah, I was listening to um, 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 another station this evening on the way over, and Father uh, McCormick was on, who was the director of the vocations, and he said that uh, they had uh, hired a consultancy firm to to promote and this. And that probably and explains these ads, which are yeah. very slickly yeah, produced. It, yeah, and there's an, an ad on the, on, the, on the echo as well there. Um, here I am, Cindy, uh, who will <coughs> and who will go to d- go for us is the hidden. And uh, if anyone wants to, to contact them, it, um, visit www.killaloodices.ie. Yeah, and vocations at killaloodices.ie. And uh, you you can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, or we should now call it X, X, I think, rather than Twitter. But uh, that man there, David, now, Mark Nestor, is an ex-politician. A name name familiar to me. He's a man that resigned from the council council, to to take up his vocation. So, so in fairness, whatever way you you think about it, he's to be admired for what he's doing. And uh, I said, we'll wish him the best of luck. uh, So he's starting out on his career. But uh, on page five of the champion, there's a few um, priests that sort of are well beyond the end of their (laughs) career uh, because there's a title, Graves Uncovered in Ennis Cathedral. Well, this is a very interesting story. Andrew Hamilton has the story there on page five of the champion. 
And um, yes, it appears that the diocese forgot about these priests, um, even though they were under their feet, literally, uh, in the cathedral. And since, according to the article by, Ham- by Hamilton, Andrew Hamilton, the, 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 they were recent, uh, contractors, Martin's construction were cleaning, were, were removing the, the floor, the lino floor, that was put down in about 1973. Well, it, it's, a, it's a floor that anyone that's been in a church will recognise yeah. from that picture. The original floor now is what we're seeing there in that photograph by John Kelly. And they discovered these. It's, it's a sort of a tile floor. And as you say, Luke, it's very typical of what you see in any church. But quite distinctly, there are four rectangular bits of it, which are very distinct. And there's a cross and it, they do look like grave markers. Mm. And sure enough, they think that they are four of them there. Um, they don't know who they are. Uh, there, is, there are some plaques on the wall. And so that might be a clue. There is a plaque for a Bishop Flannery of Killaloo, uh, who died in 1901, and a Father Patrick Barry, who died at 43 years of age in 1900. James McInerney, who was a young priest who died in 1895 and may have been native of Venice. So there, I'd say... They're the people who are buried underneath there. Yeah. It's a... Uh, no, you know, you could pass a comment about it's not the first time that Catholic Church has forgot about maybe, people maybe that they buried. But <laughs> Luke, we maybe, won't get into maybe that. Maybe when they're finished digging in the Abbey Street Kirk, they'll move up there. And, uh, no, oh, no, 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 that's very no, 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 Pat, oh, you, do God. you know what? You, you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth because that's the next thing we're going to talk about. Page one and page two... In, in the champion and I it's it's um I, I I was going to say things are getting a bit dirty but sure they've been dirty for a while and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a bit mm-hmm. like now the the, the you, David you spoke about consultancy firms earlier uh, for the Catholic Church but uh, the, the DAC 2040 DAC had to hire a PR firm mm-hmm. with all the grief they were getting over the previous activity but anyway a war of words has heated they up ch- they have 10 million to spin Luke they yeah. have a ten, they have a 10 million fund yeah exactly no and I, I suppose we're the article on page one the champions by Sharon Dole and Darcy who we're going to talk about just a little bit in the second half but uh, um, the War of words between Ennis 2040 DAC and Save Ennis Town has heated up in recent days with Ennis 2040 DAC responding to claims made by the voluntary group about the Ennis Street car park, or the Abbey Street car park. Go on, Pat, take it away. Claims is the start of an archaeological league at the car park last week ahead of a controversial plan to develop the area. The Save Ennis group has described the redevelopment as destructive to the town. The big thing as it is being referred to locally uh, excavations undertaken by archaeology and built heritage limited under license to investigate the ground at the site and obtain archaeological archaeology I hate to pronounce it properly Luke yeah, there's, a lot, there's a lot of big words in the, in the papers this week we'll all be struggling a little bit archaeological heritage and information it is hoped the findings will, will shed light on the and the heritage of the site before any proposed development and will inform the design process for the landmark building. Yeah, so I, I heard uh, f- uh, this fellow from the 2040 on the radio uh, there during the week, and uh, yeah, he, he, he was answering all the questions that was put him, and he said that uh, the, when, when this dig is done, that was going to de- decide on what kind of a design the building will take. That seems very but strange to me. Um, usually you see when an archaeological dig happens, you, you kind of, you upset the archaeology, you even remove a bit of it, unless mm. now it's very significant and, and they can leave, leave it in place. But you, usually they kind of destroy the site, that, uh, but to, to learn about it, you know, it's, it's good destroying. <laughs> but the War of the, war, war, war of the Abbey, War of the Words, um, NS2040, the, I'm now gone to the echo it's yeah, page the 10 of the echo and there's a nice pic there's a nice picture there of the say venice town group at harmony bridge there and the abbey street car park is there at the back and you can kind of see the construction work or the archaeological work going ahead they but anyway ns 2040 have come out of the traps this is the company now um, I, think, uh, I think I think David this is the PR firm hired by yes. NS2040 deck have come out of the track they have and they have said that um, false claims made in the papers last week 
um, and they've said that the it's company not is not a private company. It's a hundred percent owned by own subsidiary of Clare County Council. Uh, it is a not-for-profit, and the members of the board consist of public, private, and local elected representatives, which give their time voluntarily. Reference to the what the, what was called ill-conceived and expensive development in the market by Save Ennis Town was also criticised by Ennis 2040 DAC, who noted it was a, an entirely separate development and bears no relation to any of the Ennis 2040 projects. I think they're talking about history there, Pat, uh, basically that... Uh, uh, it, it might it mightn't have been called in as 2040 deck but uh, it was the council that were sort of responsible for making a balls of the market and yeah, yeah. they sort of seem to think that they're going to make a balls of this Which as has, well yeah uh, people people of Venice said that uh, he says the people of Venice uh, uh, remember the, the, the market which cost 1.3 million and uh, there was another white elephant yeah and I don't think anyone can deny that uh, that's literally what it is now uh the the, the savings people committee were on the on the radio as well and they, they said that the the, the Clare County Council had three hundred thousand uh, a year uh, money out of the Abbey Street Care Park. But in parking fees. In parking fees. That's yeah. a significant amount of money, Pat. It is, a, it is, it is a huge amount of money. It's a, it is a significant amount of money. I, and what, what I'm uncertain about is when they build this building, will it be leased to people or do, do, will they sell it? Oh, no, it's going to be leased out. Uh, yeah, because uh, uh, it is public property after all. So, so presumably you'd be thinking they should be getting more than 300,000, would they? They yeah. would hardly get that, would they? Well, they, they have they have commercial development in the bottom and and and, and office office space in the top. Yeah, but yeah. sure, um, I, I don't know. They if you were going into the bottom, if you were going into the bottom of that as uh, the head of a company, they'll go into the bottom and. Uh, you're going in this building is there and um, the first thing you'll be asking to know where the customer is going to, car- is going to park. Yeah. Nationally at the minute, uh, the vacancy rate on property uh, is office space is, I think, in the region of 16%. That's nationally. Mm. And you'd imagine that in... It's, it's a bit higher than this, I think. I yeah. would imagine that it is, you know. So, mm. if you, yeah. you know, ju- so just sort of potentially say that if this was built in the morning, you'd say that, well, straight away, 20% of it isn't mm. going to be open. Now, you but would presume, though, and of course, it does change very quickly, and, um, but you'd presume these are intelligent people on the board of this company and they've got, they've got research and they've got data that tells them this is the best thing. I would hope now... And I would, if I was a member of the, say, Venice Group, or if I was a concerned citizen, I'd be asking them to show us the data on which they've made this decision. Well, I think that's sort of part of the problem, um, that they're saying that, you know, they'll come out and tell everybody what it's all going to be. And they've alluded to, you know, in the articles there, that said, oh, well, when the big dig is done, they'll be able to give a better idea of it. I'm sorry, no, that doesn't wash. Mm, yeah. You know, it, it, to me, it, it looks like... Um, I, I, I don't know if, if, if... Now, maybe the council are all knowing and they sort of... Uh, they have got the sort of stats and figures to back it up to say that it's going to work, but this whole thing in relation to... Just in relation to parking and all the rest of it... Ennis is never the easiest of places to get around because of it, because of its nature, Mm, right? And and you sort of say that, you know, if they say that the future is that we're going to have buses and all this type of stuff, well, that's very well and good. But I said, Pat, if you're coming in from the bridge or or David, myself, are coming in from Tungreni, where are we physically going to hop Mm. on the bus to bring us into town? Where is the park and ride facilities? Mm. And uh, you see, the, 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 it's all right for all that uh, stuff, and we have, they have they have all these buses around these clear now and all around the county, and they have three even passing my house. I think going to be my every day, but you uh, see, all this thing should have been done years ago, where your buses provided, because people are used to getting. I'm used to going out now and getting into my car and going to Nelson, going to the Michael, going to Tuller, going to Scarif. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be going around checking to know when the bus. If I didn't have a car, maybe I, I, I'd have to do it. Yeah. But the fact that people, uh, most You'd people be nearly entitled now to the free bus, would you? I would, I would, would, yeah. would that encourage you at all? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think if if all public transport was free to every citizen, it would it would create. Um, yeah, it probably would. Yeah, it yeah. might change a few attitudes. Now, just, I'd be yeah. the same with you. Like there are certain people who. 
who won't because they're not used to it. Um, whereas if you do live in a town or city, you're probably used to the bus, you yeah. know. But en- Ennis is, um, even with buses, Ennis would be clogged up very quickly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, it would. Now, we'll move on from that. And we're, we're going to go um, north, west, to page 14 of the Clare Champion and to a, a topic that's close to both your hearts and that's the Liston Varna Matchmaking Festival. Oh. Um, Andrew Hamilton has an article there uh, in the North and West Clare uh, page in the Champion, uh, page four, uh, 14, and says, Amid all the hype surrounding the Rugby World Cup, the Liston Varna Matchmaking Festival will be making headlines in Paris this week at a special event organised by the Franco-Irish Ball Association. Now, Pat, and that's not a rugby ball, I don't think, I, is I, it? I don't think so. I think this is a... Yeah, well, I think that uh, that article, uh, we were, the article we were discussing on the front of the Echo there while ago, my, my, my two very good ever thrown pairs, so it hard yeah. Irish people are. The end of the article uh, basically says, uh, it's a, a Franco-Irish ball. We'll see two lucky participants chosen as Queen of the Bourne and Mr. Liston Verna. As, tradi- as was traditionally done at the last chance dance, which closes the festival on the last weekend of every September. <laughs> That's a brilliant name. <laughs> yeah. The last chance yeah, yeah. dance. <laughs> and then we, we hope we can entice Willie Daly and his daughter to come to Paris soon. He believes that love is waiting for everyone. It's there just waiting to be found. When it is, it's a lovely feeling. Paris is a magical place and so is Liston Varna. The alchemy between the two places could be fantastic. Now, it's the first time I've heard Paris and Liston Varna <laughs> sort of be linked together in the same sentence. I think I know uh, which one I'd prefer to go <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but there's, yeah. there's obviously some sort of a ball or something happening over there. And there's a picture of, so, uh, I presume it's a model named Liv Monaghan. Uh, no, she's a, a Cork musician. Oh, she's a mm. talented singer. Oh, and she's also a costume designer. Ah, uh, well, there you go. And she's wear and she probably designed this particular outfit wearing the 2023 Paris Liston Varna dress, if yeah. you don't mind. Um, so she's going to be there, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so what more can you say about that? Except, yeah, we're we're a bit away from from St Valentine's Day, though. So yeah, when when is this when is this ball going to hit, Luke? Uh, there's a lot of rugby. There's a lot of rugby 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 uh, supporters and they over don't there. Want yeah. to be distracted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say they'd be meant to go to Liston Verna Ball in Paris. Okay, right. Now we, we, we go from balls. We, we just cast there to look to the Shannon Town page there. Just go on, the, uh, another French, conne- uh, French connection restored to Shannon. Oh, yes. And our Shannon Paris service commenced on f- last Friday on the f- first flight where many Irish rugby fans travelling to Ireland versus South Africa match. Mary Constant, CEO of the Shannon Group, said after a, a busy peak summer season, it's fabulous to see passengers aboard the first flight to our new Aer Lingus service to Charles de Gaulle in addition to wearing a gateway to the Rugby World Cup. We, are, <coughs> we know this will be a popular destination for family, friends and couples alike wanting to explore the history and culture and cuisine of Paris by providing a vital connection from Shannon to major European cities. So um, it, it, it's it's. I think this is brilliant because mm. you know Paris, is the capital of France, mm-hmm. and to have Shannon connected to the capital of France is a big is a big deal. Yeah, I know it was there before. What would you? I don't know. Did you follow the national story with Ryanair pulling out, uh, pulling I think ten flights out of Dublin mm-hmm. recently? Yeah. I haven't, David. Well, I don't really, with, we, we, yeah. don't re- we don't really care about Dublin, David. That's to do with charges, I think. It uh, is. It's to do with additional charges. charges. Now, it's no benefit yeah. to Shannon because they're just simply moving particular... They're just cancelling f- future flights. Yeah. Now, is it Ryanair, of course, constantly revised their schedule, so they might be making a bit of hay out of this, but uh, it is a bit of a spat between them and... Um, and the Dublin Airport Authority. Yeah. And I think they're linking, uh, I, I, I read it, I don't know if it's this now, but I, link, um, I read it as well during the week where they're, they're linking the, um, the, the Paris uh, Shannon uh, flights um, to, to connect maybe, well, you could have a connection to if people wanted to, to come from Paris and to go to the States. From, from oh, Shannon. yeah, well, that, well, that, that, that makes Which sense. Would make yeah. sense as well. Yeah. But, of course, when you think about it, they must be going to... Someplace that you can't go to from Paris because, sure, Paris is one of the busiest airports in yeah. Europe. Um, yeah, but it is there is a new flight um, or a re, uh, another recommenced flight. The Delta. Delta has come back to Shannon. Janet, yeah. mm-hmm. And they are returning their New York JFK service, which 
which I think was popular. It means a bit of competition, yep. which can only be healthy. Yeah, absolutely, Abs- absolutely. So uh, th- that's coming next year, I think. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll look forward yeah, to that. It's coming in the in the spring, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Right, there, there's it's, one. It's, it's in the paper there somewhere. Yeah, before before we finish part one, um, I just want to pay just a little reference to. It's on page four of the Echo on page two, three of the Champion. Um, the Clare Stages rally took place uh, in North Clare last weekend and sadly um, a competitor died uh, during the rally and we sort of pay our respects to Damien Fleming from Kerry uh, who who passed away but the side of what I'd sort of look at and it's Andrew Hamilton basically is talking about it in the article in The Champion you have these uh, we said the heading is rally trapped locals in their homes group claims now when you have events taking place um, the chances are that sometimes you're going to have road closures and that you know people are going to be disaccommodated for a day mm. a little bit like I'm not comparing light oranges with oranges now but when the event is on down in uh, Killaloo you know the cycling and the um, uh, that took place there. La- 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 quest, quest yeah. la- last one. It, it, uh, th- there's not full road closures, but but you know, but there might, might be a few rolling closures for a short period of time. But due to the nature of rallying, it's basically they have to sort of close the roads for the duration of, of, of the day. And th- there, there's issues in relation to, um, you know, let's say sort of damage, sort of cost to the roads because of the nature of the roads that they're on. The the Clare Stages Rally is popular partly because of the reason the roads that they're on are nice and narrow, and you know it's very co- it, it's a competitive sort of route to do. Yeah. You know, and I was at I, I the picture there, uh, the the damaged road surface just at Paula Wack there, clo- close to Karen. Uh, you can just imagine the cars doing handbrake turns going around it, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but it sort of links to that. You know, I know there's insurance issues and you've closures and all the rest of it, but I sort of wonder, you know, are the council, do they get any recompense mm. for damage caused to the roads? Because, it's a good question. You know, because there's enough damage caused to the, our, our roads by the weather. By the, yeah, and, you know, we don't, yeah. the, the councillors will admit that they haven't enough money to be sort of repairing yeah. what they want to be repairing. But uh, it's, uh, and like road safety in the, nor- in the north of Clare is... A very prominent issue at the minute, at the especially moment. in relation to you know a tragedy that took, took, took yeah. place there there as well. You it know, is, so. well, and um, I I would hope you you would hope that there is some com- compensation given to the council if they are causing such damage. And it's it's the second date on on, on the clear stage as well. The, uh, yeah. you, would, you would one here in Fiekel and these clear as well. There a couple of years yeah. ago. Yeah. As yeah. Well, no yeah, but like motors, motorsport is a dangerous business, you know. So, uh, so and uh, but you know, I I, I suppose it's just. Uh, you know, part part of the what comes with it, and, and mm. uh, you know, a little bit like you sp- spoke about earlier. You know, declare two fifty cycle. You know, has rallying maybe on on open roads. Mm. Uh, I, I know they're closed for the stages, mm. yeah. but on open general roads, mm. is that maybe you're coming to an end, and maybe well, they sort of put them all I into forests? If you know, I was so a local living on that road, I'd be der- I'd be discommoded, I'd mm. say. I, I, I couldn't go out of my house, I'd say, because of that yeah. road closure. Now, maybe it's a very quiet spot, but I'm sure there's well, some they had, people they had living. In, they had it in East here, and they had it over on the road, road, road place. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and does it last for a day? Yeah, it's one day. Yeah, but years ago, Pat, you remember when the Tour of Ireland used to come up around here, as a young lad went up, sort of sitting on the side of a ditch up in Fiekel, taking a look at it you know so yeah, yeah. Mm. but um and you had roads closed for that as well but uh yeah but it they used to have it a two day but they have only one day now the clear stages really yeah yeah it is anyway listen before we go to uh, I, I was doing very well in time and now i'm gone way over but uh, there was one article that i wanted to get to page four of the echo uh, blunder on Bunratty Bandstand sees the council pay 40,000 Now, euros. that's a lovely alliteration. Blunder on Bunratty Bandstand. And yeah. it's a... Uh, Porig has the story. It's a brilliant story, actually. How could it have happened? Um, <laughs> sure, Clare County Council has been forced to pause works on the construction of a bandstand in Bunratty after realising it did not own the lands on which the structure was built. And it started like back in June 20... Back in June this year. Um, they wanted to build this bandstand. And there's a photograph there of the of the started works. Foundations, yeah. And uh, they tried to establish seemingly um, who the owners were. 
the, it appears that the lo- that the locals knew exactly who the owners were, and it's right behind the creamery building for those who are familiar with Bunratty, by, right behind the creamery bar and restaurant. The council, to be fair to them, had been maintaining the area uh, for the last did they say thirty years? Yeah, um, so they thought they probably owned it, but I know exactly here what happened. They look up the land registry, and the land registry only records. Uh, 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 owners for the last yeah if this had been owned by the same family for over 100 years it wouldn't be in the land registry they'd have to go to the registry of deeds and so they probably didn't do that Um, but anyway the local owner made himself known or herself known um, and they're well known in the area according to the Porig and um, according to this the council in recent weeks are in negotiation um, and they're at a very delicate point (laughs) Yeah, I, I can I, say I, delicate I, is a nice word I, there. I, I'd say delicate basically would. <laughs> I'd say it would be what what the figure of euros is going to be. I exactly. imagine that's how delicate exactly. it's going yeah, to be. But, but that that that's yeah. that, that's not good now. Councillor uh, Peter Ryan, independent, admitted that the, the setback was unfortunate. The former mayor of Clare told Clare Echo here he was optimistic that an agreement would be reached between the council and the landowner. I would be hoping there would be a solution found to it very soon and the owners would see their civic duty to the area. Uh, now that's they a bit of pressure. Yeah, but I, I, I take grave issue with that now. Yeah. I mm. said if the, if, if the authority deemed to be capable of looking after our county they didn't know that they didn't know that they didn't own a piece of property. I'm afraid mm. that there's a bigger issue but at heart there. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and to be calling on a person's civic duty to oh, kind of sorry come no. up now and solve this problem. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's private property. And if it was my property, I, I'd be looking for a, a very large sum yeah. in compensation. I would be saying you have to restore what was there and uh, get out of it. Oh, yeah, now you, you could be talking about uh, uh, more now, David, <laughs> putting things back to where you are. Listen, right, we're done. Pat. Uh, anybody alive or dead this week that we need to take care of? Well, uh, Credence Clearwater Revival, uh, Luke. Did you, did you ever hear of it? Oh, I, I, I'm not that young, Pat. <laughs> of course, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Have we ever? Uh, and this is going to be. Uh, this is going to be very. Um, as as we say. Appropriate. Uh, appropriate. As we're looking at it every day. Uh, have you ever seen the rain? <laughs> well, it disappeared for a week or two, but by God, it's come back in, in, in spades. Force. Right, we'll be back in a few minutes. You're welcome back. Uh, that was Here Comes the Rain. We're kind of sick of the rain, but anyway, <laughs> Here Comes the Rain, Creedon's Clearwater Revival. Pat, there's an awful lot in the papers, uh, in both papers, about uh, about the Gardaí, and particularly in, in this area of the world, in East Clare. So it's... Uh, it's page nine of the Champion and page twelve and thirteen of the of the Echo, and the the main main heading is no Garda station closures on the cards, uh, which must be a good thing. Dan Danaher has that story, right. and then at the bottom of the page in the Champion, same Dan has new model will not see movement of existing Gardaí in Killaloo and Scariff. It's effectively the same story. Um, what do you make of that? Yeah, and just uh, Parag McMahon has uh, has some in the in the echo as well. Uh, resources won't be lost to Tipperary. Uh, Superintendent Ali Baker says. Yeah, what's actually happening here now? Well, I, there's a, a part of Clare uh, going in with Tipperary. Yeah, and with, it's, a, with, it's with, a new guard division as such. Yeah, it's going to be West Tipperary and East Clare. Yeah, yeah. And the worries no was that uh, that guards would be moved out. Yeah. And well, it's, it's going to be a big area because I think there you can show you can show there where it goes back down to Morsecane and and Tommy Vera and Clark Jordan. Uh, you know, uh, up around Dalla, 
and Monegal and Porto and they're they're a long ways from from Kilnane and Fetal. Yeah. So uh, you 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 have a big you have it's a big, big area. To, it a is big, big. A big area to cover. And there's a picture there of um, Superintendent Ollie Baker who was meeting the local councillors in Killaloo, kind of to try to reassure them. Um, that nothing, there's nothing to see here. I suppose is the message that the, that he w- he was trying to give, um, and uh, he he's he's to be based in various places. It, it appears, uh, according to uh, this interview and previous interviews. Um, what about the story there, Pat, on page twelve? Contacting Gardy now, like dealing with air. No, what does is, that mean? This is a quote from Ellen O'Callaghan. Um, <laughs> Uh, contacting Gerdy, you know, like dealing with air. Um, um, air ring- don't have the best reputation, do they? They don't, know. Ringing uh, on, on Gerdy is like ringing air with a lack of urgency to calls. And East Clare representative has claimed was part of the Speaking at Thursday's meeting, the Kilodin Municipal District, Councillor Ellen O'Callaghan, voice worries for the future of Gerdy Shekhana. My concerns and concerns of a lot of people is policing. Uh, to look after the people the way policing has gone it's more like a business and all based on stats which I am very fe- fearful for I suppose he has a, he, he, he probably has a point you know yeah, um, I, it's, yeah. it's difficult enough to, to, to get through and um, yeah. you know um, we were I think talking to our own to uh, you know as uh, the Scariff Bay of course has has a regular guard to report every Saturday morning on Saturday Chronicle and the advice from um, the Garda, Damien, um, was if you, if in this part of the world, you don't phone Killaloo, you phone Ennis. Ennis, yeah. Ennis is open 24 hours a day. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, but uh, need for policing to protect tourism reputation flagged. It's another, it's another one there. Attempts to increase the amount of Garda patrolling busy tourist spots in East Clare will be examined, writes Pouring Mac. Mahan, an increased level of policing was sought by Councillor Tony O'Brien for the tourism amenities of East Clare. Um, speaking at the September meeting of the Killaloo Municipal District, he stated, we have considerable resources gone into attracting tourism and amenities from Mount Shannon and Whitegate to Ballina and Killaloo, Drummanir and Terry Glass. I'd hope to see an increasing level of policing to prevent incidents we had in previous years. We had a serious incident in Killaloo this year and I would like to commend Ungarda Siakon and the agencies who responded. I want to see a level that would prevent those accidents and when those type of people that come to cause destruction are dealt with firmly. I wonder what type of people he's talking about there. Um, is he talking about tourists or what? Tourism's importance to the region was acknowledged by Superintendent Ali Baker. Tourism is huge in this part of the country. When the new bridge opens in Killaloo, it will open this part of the county. It is, it is a more niche tourism tourist market than West or North Clare, but it is still very valuable, he says. What do you make of that? Yeah, I suppose, um, I suppose you, would have, you would have reached there with, with jet skis and things in, 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 uh, around the, the Killaloo. Is that what, do, do you think, is river. that what they were talking about? It's probably part of it anyway, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're in the, in the, I think the earlier... But sure, isn't it very hard for the guards to stop that sort of activity? Because it's not illegal to have um, a jet ski, is it? Well, now, no, I know that you could be breaking bylaws if you go too close to particular areas. There's some bylaws, I think, they have, yeah. that, uh, and they've got to, to upgrade them. Whether they have but sure, come here to me, know. Pat. I'm on my jet ski. I've just broken bylaw how is a guard going to catch yeah, me on a jet ski I don't know if there's a jet ski division <laughs> in the Killaloo or a jet ski section um, the special it's probably all a grey area yeah. you know. we saw of course recently um, the guards the navy the ranger yeah. wing yeah. and the customs all operating together to get onto yeah, a okay. ship and the, yeah. the ocean mm. so um, maybe we'll <laughs> yeah. we hope we won't be seeing that level of activity in this area but anyway, um, in, in, in Kentman's speeding are the big issues. Uh, Joe Cooney says here with the, at the Killaloo Municipal District. Yeah, I suppose he, these he, are he, the illegal encampments. He's referring to the encampment in Six Mile Bridge. And, yeah, uh, it appears that uh, there's no there's no binding law on on on, on that either. So, so the the law is is the response that the that the guards can't rely uh, on current legislation yeah. to to deal with the illegal. Change. Illegal yeah. encampments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so they're stuck between a legislative rock and a hard place on that on that matter. But anyway, there's an awful lot in the p- two papers about about the Gardaí, but I think we'll probably move on. Okay. All right, we'll come back um, now. Uh, there's a few bad news uh, issues. 
Uh, sadly for East Clare, last week we had the local news, we say very local to ourselves, David, in uh, relation to uh, Gala, mm. Nylands Gala that closed. And sadly during the week there was a house, uh, a house fire, a fire uh, in Walsh's Bar in Killaloo. And it's on page 11 of the Champion and it's uh, page 14 of the Echo. And the, the only good news out of this is that no one was seriously injured. Yeah, uh, and uh, it happened, it, it was last, it was, was it, did you say last, when, last Monday? Mon- Monday afternoon. A- around yeah. lunchtime, like yeah. people, like uh, Killaloo is very, that particular area, it's across, yeah. it's right beside the shop, isn't it? Or up across it, the road from the shop. It's literally just as you start to start to go down the main, the main street. Go down the main street. Yeah. It's near the Garda station, isn't it? Yeah. And it at it. 10 to 1, just lunchtime, this explosion happens. I know, uh, by the way, I, I knew somebody who was there just 15 minutes before and walking just past it. Yep. And um, it all happened. Seemingly, they don't exactly know, I think, yet, but um, the Garda Forensic Unit combed the premises while locals, including former Irish rugby captain Keith Wood, waited to assist in boarding up the building. Um, they don't know what actually happened. The presumption is, I think, gas, some sort of gas. And and Pat, you were you were telling us earlier before we went on air that the gas in pubs is used for for pumping the Pump up, up the beer the beer out of the kegs. Yeah, but I think the, uh, the when I was reading the article here on the Clare Champion, it, it appears that a fire started in the bar area. Ah. And then the heat would, would explode the, the would explode the gas. The gas yeah. yeah, yeah. So people, Luke, were very lucky that no, because the photographs look as if it was a pretty severe. Oh, it, was, um, it was, yeah. And for anyone explosion. that anyone that was on social media, uh, if they saw the fire that was there, um, you know, it was it was. Now again, the the good luck sort of side of it is it's literally about two hundred yards away from the fire station. You know, so obviously the lads were there quick. And, and I, I think Kildoo and Scarif fire was Scarif and Nina. Yeah, and they were there. And in fairness. The, the, choir, the fire was ext- extinguished fairly quick and luckily no other adjoining uh, premises were, were, you know, suffered much damage or anything like that. But listen, to, to the owners of them, we, we wish them the very best and uh, there's going to be a bit of a way back from that. I, I do know that um, it is a very popular, uh, uh, Walsh's was a very popular uh, venue for uh, live music and a lot of ga talk. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. and uh, I'd say there would have been a bit of disappointing ga talk for uh, Smith O'Brien's uh, yeah. at, the, at the weekend. But um, is it, we, we we wish them the very best and hope they can get back uh, up up and running yeah, on, 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 on their on their feet very quick. Yeah, now, waiting for something like yeah. that to happen. For ah, yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, listen. More bad news, uh, and and uh, uh, we're going to go to page eleven of the Echo, and uh, the mayor of Clare isn't happy. Um, uh, Pat. Uh, we're sick. He, we're sick of hearing a couple of weeks. Um, I, I, no, if if Joe's sick of hearing a couple of weeks, I guess he's not the only one, because we're we're sick of hearing about about about, about, it, about it as well. Um, Mayor of Clare Joe Cooney received a round of applause from his colleagues when voicing frustration on the long-running wait for an announcement on Broadford and Coor Clare's inclusion in the pilot wastewater scheme. Writes Parik McMahon. Uh, a frustrated Mayor Cooney said, we're sick of hearing a couple of weeks at this stage. We have to move forward. Would you contact me by the end of this week with a date for this announcement? I'm sick of hearing a couple of weeks. That's basically in relation to uh, Minister O'Brien, uh, who had given the commitment in the schoolyard in Broadford. Uh, and uh, as man says, if there's a commitment given by a politician, <laughs> page 11, Pat, uh, if there's a commitment given by a politician, if he doesn't honour it by, you know, it's going to come back and it's haunt him. It's going to come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Councillor Pat Burke there, Finnegan commented, shame on the government and shame on Minister O'Brien for making a promise to the people of Broadford and obviously not following up with the promise. Yeah. I mean, that's the point. Yeah. Deputy Crow said, there hasn't been a false dawn. Minister O'Brien didn't lead anyone down a garden path. God, he's using a lot of cliches there yeah. and mixed metaphors. But anyway, that accusation cannot be levelled at Minister O'Brien. He gave a commitment in the schoolyard in Broadford and that will be honoured. Yeah, so so the 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 Fianna Fáil native seems to think there'll be good news, and I, I see there at the end of it, he says we had a we had agreed that 9th of October would be the agreed date. Now, David, do you know what happens on the 9th of October? No. Budget day. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, nothing yeah. happens. Uh, uh, then he says, "If we get to the tenth of October, it will be a different story." Frustrated, Mayor Cooney responded, "We are sick of hearing a couple of weeks at this stage. We are so we we have to move forward. Yeah. Would you contact me by the end of the week and with a date for this announcement? I am sick of hearing over a couple of weeks." 
So uh, it does it, Pat, it does suggest though that well, it's happening, but that they just haven't announced it. I know, yeah, but uh, like he came to Bradford. Uh, there, That's uh, over a year ago. Over a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, last spring, twelve months. Yeah, and he came and he said that the, the, he told them that then that there'd be there'd be good news in a couple of months. Right. Well, there's a couple of months in a, co- uh, and, and and a, a couple, couple of years months. now gone. <laughs> and he and and like you know when you're coming down saying that those things, you want to be backing it up because yeah, yeah. he also came down to the people with the pyrite. Yeah. And he went over there to those people in the market, um, Handleys. And stood there, and he was, and 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 said he'd be hearing good news. But there was, uh, it, it took two years before anything yeah. ever happened about getting onto this yeah. pirate scheme. Mm. No, I think that's the way with our politicians. But listen, we'll move on because we're we're running a little bit short time. But on on page eleven of yes. the Echo, beside Joe's picture there. Knock Shanvo Wind Farm Webinar, Wednesday, October 11th at 7pm, and it's also on page 11 of The Champions. So well, I think Pat will probably be tuning into this one, and a lot of people from the Broadford and Six Mile Bridge area, because I'd never heard of Knock Shanvo. Of course, I'm a bit of a blow-in, so I suppose I wouldn't, but Knock pa- Shanvo... Pa- pardon, pardon the pun. Pardon the pun. Knock yeah. <laughs> so Shanvo is, is in the 12 o'clock hill area. The hill is, yeah. yeah, one of the hills over there, yeah. yeah. So, so... I mean, you've known that this might be coming for a while, but this is this sort of the public consultation. Well, there have been a few, there have been a few articles on on it, on it, and this is probably the the, the purpose of the consultant repeated. Yeah, yeah. So I think they have plans for about twelve, um, twelve. Um, 12 uh, turbines. Turbines along the, along the yeah. exam So you have to register and receive the link. So you can't just just join. You have to register. So they're sort no. of no, wanting to know who's, who they'll have. Um, so to register, you have to email Nokshanvo. That's K-N-O-C-K-S-H-A-N-V-O at futureenergyireland.ie before 12 p.m. on Wednesday, October 11th in order to get that link so um i suppose that's the future now it used to be you know turn up at a meeting in the hall yeah um now it's webinar yeah i'd say you could blame COVID for that yeah i'm sure there'll be a lot of consulting with consultants and consultation taking place anyway but listen we shall we shall move on and we're going to go to um another topic david that's close enough to us uh page 13 uh, in the champion, the East Clare note. Is a one million euro walking route being lost in the weeds? Well, it's a good question, and I think we know the answer. This is the this is the fa- rather fantastic walking route that the council got money to put in between Ogonalo and Tomb Graney. Well, well, on the outskirts, as man says, to be great if they yeah. finished it. But, but anyway, yeah, it, it's, literally, it's literally between Killer. You have a path between Killaloo you and, do. Uh, and you uh, do. About and 300 yards outside and of Tumgrain. And, okay, you don't see Tum, But some people use it, and they're walking their dogs, and they're running. And I, in the summer, it's, it can be quite... Uh, it, ca- it can be used. But it's, it's used year-round, David. It is. Yeah, tis, I, I, yeah. I, know, I know it's not always on your route, uh, yeah, shall we say. Yeah, and maybe not at the time of the day that I'd be travelling it. Yeah. But I have actually walked uh, from Tomb Graney to, to uh, Bale Kelly on it with the dog, and it's a lovely... It's fully tarmac, Adam. hmm um, the problem is, Luke, uh, that the verges of it and the ditches get overgrown. That's nature for you. Um, but nobody's maintaining it. Yeah, and I, the, the Killaloo MD meeting took place last, last week and you alluded there to a few other things that took place at it. And this is one that uh, raised considerable ire with all the councillors. Mm. Uh, in relation to it and they're not happy and they weren't happy with their sort of their own the, the council staff in relation to it and the question was put by you know Pat now you, you'd be aware of you know um, you can't cut uh, hedge, uh, ditches yeah, you, well, but before the 1st September but the issue that the councillors raised was the majority of this isn't actually a ditch. Yeah it's, 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 it's grass. A, it's grass and That's it's a verge, verge. Yeah. and that is not Bend from no, being because cut. you can't no. get birds nesting. Well, in the, the, the council, the council, the council can cut any ditch. That's 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 for road safety. For no, road safety. Yeah, but Luke's point is a good point, which, which which is what the politicians I think were saying, that you can cut the verge anytime okay. at okay. all. Now I know in certain parts uh, along there, particularly between Killaloo and um, and O'Gunnalo, that the locals themselves maintain it. 
Now that's not right either that no. the locals have to maintain it. So there but should be. I mean, if you spend so much money yeah, on this, sh- you should. Just as it we have roads that the council maintain, why don't they maintain the paths? It wouldn't take an awful lot of uh, money to take and they only bring might, the machine there. To, they to only might it. need to do it twice a year. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, now I think just yeah. from the local knowledge side of things, it wasn't cut before April, right? Which yeah. it should have been. It should have that been. Would have, because, like, in fact, the, the point that they make, it was well overgrown. Uh, I, and it, it was more overgrown after August. But I was on that road today, uh, and there are bits on it where, okay, the high grass and stuff like that has been cut, but there's briars and uh, uh, are sort of taken over the path. If they, if, if, they, if they had done it in March before the, the closure of the time, and they could do it again in the 1st of September, yeah. and they had be keeping it trimmed. Yeah, but sure, that'll make sense, Pat, they're, so that's yeah, un- were, unlikely yeah, to happen. Yeah, there are weeds, ragwort, thistles. I, often, I, have, I, have, I have often been in Westport, Arcanicilty, where you don't see that. There seems to be no human resource issues down there where they can maintain areas, he said. It's very disappointing from a tourist point of view, yeah. and uh, which is right, really. Declan Fanagan, who is the executive engineer, confirmed the Killaloo MD two confirmed the Killaloo MD had recently spent two weeks hedge cutting and clearing back the grass verge along the wall. So it's a bit late, I would say, Mr. Yeah. Flanagan. I would agree. Now, having spent some of the uh, program slating some of the uh, goings on of the council, I am going to finish on a positive note and give them credit. Uh, because the main article there that Dan has on page 13, uh, and there's a picture there by John Kelly, a view of the newly installed pontoon at Ballycogran, Killaloo. I'm afraid now we, we call it Two Mile Gate, but uh, yes. I suppose they, they take um, uh, care of meeting. Basically, a new floating pontoon has been installed at the top of the pier, Two Mile Gate, which will allow people with physical disabilities to go kayaking and get easy and safe access to the water. And I think it's not just uh, people with disabilities that will be able to start to to get into it. I I have seen this device uh, in another area and it is our, it's an easy way to get into the kayak without sort of fear of turning over. So it's very, in fairness, it's very much to be recognised and I, I will congratulate the council for the yeah. good work that they and took actually, place in relation to they do to a it. very good job down there in Two Mile did you say Two Mile Gate? Two Mile, two mile Gate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Two Mile, mile Gate, gate yeah. Um, like it is very well maintained so when they put their minds to it they can do it alright and um, but it's a very popular spot um, yeah. at all times of the year uh, and I know a lot of people swim down there so this presumably will will assist them too. And there's it's, a, there's it's a, it's there's another article. It's first in the kind kind in the country. There's no no facility in, oh, down there, yeah. mm. and the and the and the and the, the um, equipment for um, getting people with disabilities yes. into kayaks. But uh, hopefully, it won't be uh, vandalized. Vandalized. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Paddy Collins there is pictured at Ballina Riverside Pool just underneath that article. So there's a bit of a swimming theme going on there. A strong summer season at Ballina Riverside Pool. And uh, just goes in for people in the area, goes into a little bit of detail on on uh, on what is happening and how much it costs. And the, the level of activity is a very popular uh, amenity uh, for Killaloo and for others who want to go down. Yep. Um, of course... You just want the weather when it's an outdoor pool. Well, that's true too. Right, listen, I think we're done. Uh, so uh, hopefully the three of us have a... Uh, oh, we're not done. because <laughs> Sorry, Pat. Right, go on. Just, uh, just there, Luke, uh, there was a book launched there recently, Claire J in the Championship, 1887 to 2023. 20, oh, 20, uh, it's by Seamus O'Reilly. Seamus was um, owner and editor of um, the Claire County Express for for 40 years yep. and he has put a huge amount of time and effort into a new book uh, um, which chronicles Clare hurling and football uh, county teams from 1887 up to 2023 and it's a, it's a huge booklet and um, it, it is was, it, if people might remember the old telephone directories well that's the size of it and it's it, a lot it's a, heavier it's a, it's, a, it's a big directory and um, I, we just um, uh, um, Tell people about it to out, and uh, if they wanted to buy it, uh, and anybody would be interested in the history of GE. Uh, Where would they uh, get it, food. Pat? Well, you can get it, uh, you can contact Seamus O'Reilly. And I suppose it's, it's probably yeah. in a few of the bookshops in Ennis as well, I presume. Well, if I you think, sort I think Seamus O'Reilly, Clan Kilner, Belna Kelly, Innes, County Clare, or Clare County Express at gmail.com. There you go. And the uh, phone number is 085 745 0455. And we'll be having him on 
set out the chronicle in, on the 14th of October he'll be, he'll be out perfect very great 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 stuff right uh, our, our own programme is sponsored by Root Griffin Photography and I want to uh, pass on our thanks to Root for same and Pat uh, we're going to finish up with well we, we, we are meeting Scotland next in the Rugby World Cup look, and we'll, we'll play the flower of Scotland and hopefully, hopefully they won't be singing it next Saturday night <laughs> fair enough <laughs> fair enough alright listen that, that's it from us this week hopefully the band will we all did. be back together next week and uh, so so from us uh, for now goodbye and take care